the Smash Daily Podcast. Weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1, the Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. Smash Daily Friday afternoon, 4 to 6 o'clock on April 9th. We're going to be live at the 2021 Builders Home Show at the St. Charles Convention Center. I got you covered with all kinds of guests and experts who shall enlighten you with expertise that will better your home and uplift your life. Smash Daily on 1570 AM, 107.1 FM, online at altondailynews.com. And don't forget, Smash Daily.com, live in St. Charles from the 2021 Builders Home Show on WBGZ. on anyone and everyone and might be alive at this particular point in time big shout out to those listening in the spirit world i love you all i miss you all huge out there to the high holy three and lady chop chop i love you i'll tell you why i'm laughing that's some commercial though. i can't hear it. We, we we got the screens up but you know we don't have the volume on on the tv and uh there's commercial on we're telling you, you know, this, 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 this about the product, about the service, and call this number. Our our uh, operators are standing by. <laughs> so they show this operator, and she's like wearing those leggings. You know, like women wear those real tight leggings. Oh, I got a story on that in a minute. These real tight leggings, and then she's wearing like a. A bikini top or a bra top or something like that with a shirt on the side, but you can see the exposed cleavage and all that. I mean, it's covered, but I mean, it's like our operators are standing by. And you got this like hot chick over there trying to entice me to come on and call. Ah, terrible, terrible, terrible. But hey, if it works, what you gonna do? Smash with you right here. Lolo Zill, man. Walked in, looked at Lolo, and I said, You be sick. So I'll go on all just like that. And I said, oh, oh, now. And he listened, and he left. Lolo will be back upon Lolo's return. Now. My goodness. I don't know which one to go with first. So many great stories going on here today. I'm just going to start with, with the basic. And the basic is it's election day. All over the, uh, the St. Louis region, all over the River Bend. All kinds of stuff up for grabs as far as electionage is concerned here in the, well, Wood River, for example, is one of the more crowded tickets, as you may have heard on uh, on the news with my man DJ a moment ago, and I was looking here. Wood River has one of the more crowded tickets with a sometimes contentious mayoral race up for grabs. Sometimes contentious. What could that mean? I don't know. Six candidates running for the two spots 
open on the city council, busy ticket, in Alton as well. You got the contested aldermanic seats, mayor's race, Mayor Walker, the incumbent, trying to keep that seat. By the way, the uh, polls, the voting uh, places, they they stay open till 7 tonight. You can hear the whole story, results story at 8 o'clock tonight right here where you do. And that is WBGZ. Godfrey, don't forget Godfrey, man. Got the races for mayor, village clerk, trustees, all that. And then big races, contested races in like Brighton. Um, I'm looking Hartford, Roxana, South Roxana. And one of the big lo- local recorren- recorren- referendums here <laughs> involves the Godfrey Fire Protection District. What they're asking is voters to support a bond issue that will help pay for a new firehouse. Why wouldn't you do that? Do that, Godfrey. That new firehouse. The one that guy's like antiquated, you know. I mean, to make it work, put out some fires. But, boy, we have some new building with all the new equipment. And new service capabilities. God for Come home. So they uh, got a lot of uh, voting going on around here in the River Bend. Open till 7 o'clock, like I said. 8 o'clock. All the results begin right here on the Big Z, WBGZ. Now I'm going to start with a simple one right here. All right? This is where, where I, I start up the show. Hitting the headlines here on Smash Daily. First headline is ketchup. Shortage. Well, I don't say ketchup, smash. I say catsup. All right, go on. But there's a shortage, shortage of that red stuff, all right, that makes the fries taste real good. But the ketchup shortage is not because of me. The ketchup shortage is because of somebody else because I mix my ketchup. So I only use half the ketchup when I'm dipping fries. Or, or my new favorite. And that's those waffle fries they got over there at Chick-fil-A. Woo! I mix mayonnaise with ketchup. Half and half. My mouth's watering right now. Half and half. That way I'm saving ketchup. So don't blame me for a ketchup shortage, right? You might blame me for the fact that maybe mayonnaise is going a little bit faster than it should. But you ever tried mayonnaise? And, and on, on french fries, delicious. But then you mix it with ketchup? Oh. So watch your ketchup over there, daggone it. I tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if they start putting, uh, you know, kind of like quotas on ketchup. When you go to the, you know, they may even cut back on the amount of fries they give you in your order because they don't have enough ketchup to cover those fries correctly. Oh, man, the restaurant business is changing. By the way, Lolo driving home, he went and saw well, through the auspices of HBO Max, King Kong and Godzilla fighting. Godzilla versus Kong. And this is the number of tickets sold from the last weekend. The weekend being really Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So they call it a five-day movie opening premiere weekend. Godzilla vs. Kong makes $49 million in the United States. And they're saying that's fantastic. That that should have way, way more than that. But people, you know, still kind of wary about the COVID. They don't want to go into theaters. They don't know what it was. But uh, they, I'll tell you what, over there at that MC, uh, NCG Cinema, 
out there in Alton Square Mall, hey, they took care of people. They separated people correctly, and everybody enjoyed watching the movies over there. So now, $49 million in the United States. Ah, by normal standards, but it's COVID, so hey. And then worldwide combined, Godzilla versus Kong, $285 million worldwide. It probably would have been four times that if it wasn't for the COVID holding people back. I saw the coolest thing yesterday. I showed Lady Chop Chop. I said, come here, you got to. Lady Chop Chop came. She said, she was astounded. Her mouth agape. That new Hummer that's out, that new electric Hummer EV, they call it, electric voltage or something like that, EV. The new Hummer truck. Two things. I've had two Hummers in my in my time, speaking of trucks. And my favorite of all the cars I've ever had in my time was my Hummer H2. Now, I had that for four years. Now, Hummer goes away. It's back. All right? Unveiled a couple, two, three days ago during Easter weekend. Now, listen to this. The Hummer, <laughs> they got this electric Hummer is capable of, if you pull up to an empty parking spot and you feel you have the room, but it's such a tight parking spot and parking job that you have to, you can't do it. Well, you put that Hummer right into that slot pool, right up next to it. So now you got the street with the Hummer in it and then the empty slot with a car on backside, car on front side. All right? Too tight for you to get it in parallel parking style. This Hummer does what's called a crab walk. A crab walk. Its wheels, its tires turn sideways. I'm serious. I saw it with my very own eyes. They turn sideways and right there into the parking spot. Just like that. Is that awesome? Plus, I'll swear I saw it with my very own eyes. They have a convertible version, a convertible truck, a full-blown, big-ass convertible truck. When I get about 85000 or more free dollars, I'm buying me my Hummer truck back. I lost my first one. That H2, well, that was my second one. My H2, I was crying. What you going to do? You're going to cry. Let's go to the sports side. All-Star game, by the way, has been picked up, baseball All-Star game, picked up for sometime early January at uh, the Coors Field in Denver. So away from the politics of Georgia to the politics of Denver. Hey, but don't worry about it because Denver, they've been high for a long time, and I ain't talking about that Rocky Mountain. Well, maybe I am because they sell mar- they're, weren't they one of the first to sell marijuana. No problem. Of course, they're going to be happy to see an all-star game over there. Hmm. You see how high you would get if you are familiar with it. I'm just, you know, talking and watching movies. How high you would get if um, in that high elevated, mile-high stadium type of air, you try to get snow. Don't try it unless you are a professional. That's all I can tell you. Oh, boy, boy, boy. 
And then this George Floyd thing, man. It's wild to think that uh, they're putting all these uh, millions of dollars into this court case against Derek Chauvin. But he has the opportunity, as is stated by the U.S. government, to defend himself, to present his side of the story for judgment by a group of his peers, his contemporaries. Boy, I tell you what, though, the police chief, because now they, they're, they're bringing up all these folks to talk about police procedure and everything. The police chief? The police chief. Now, sir, um, based upon your review of all of the information that you just mentioned, um, do you believe that the defendant followed dep- departmental policy 5-304 regarding de-escalation? I absolutely do not agree with that. And how so? Um, that action um, is not de-escalation. And when we talk about uh, the framework of our sanctity of life, and when we talk about the principles and values that we have, that, that action um, goes contrary to, uh, to what we're taught. As you reflect on Exhibit 17, I must ask you, is this a trained Minneapolis Police Department defensive tactics technique? It is not. Well, we read the uh, departmental policy on neck restraints. Is this a neck restraint? Um, The conscious neck restraint by policy mentions light to moderate pressure. When I look at Exhibit 17, Um, And when I look at the facial expression of of, of Mr. Floyd, that does not appear in any way, shape, or form that that is light to moderate pressure. So is it your belief then that this particular um, form of restraint, if that's what what we'll call it, uh, uh, in fact violates departmental policy? I absolutely agree that violates our policy. Are you aware now that the defendant maintained this position on George Floyd for 9 minutes and 29 seconds? I am aware of that. Is what you see in Exhibit 17, in your opinion, within Minneapolis Police Departmental Policy 5-300 authorizing the use of reasonable force? It is not. And why not? It has to be objectively reasonable. We have to take into account uh, circumstances, information, the threat to the officer, the threat to others, um, and we um, the severity of that. Uh, so that is not uh, part of our policy. That is not what we teach. Once there was no longer any resistance, and clearly when Mr. Floyd was no longer responsive and even motionless, to continue to apply that level of force to a person proned out, handcuffed behind their back, um, that that in no way, shape, or form is anything that um, uh, is by policy, is not part of our training, and it is certainly not part of our ethics or our values. That's the police chief out there in Minneapolis on the George Floyd case that is going on right now. Can you imagine how touchy this situation is? 
in response to what happened to Mr. Floyd? It's not only touchy for those guys, it's touchy for everybody. It's touchy. Because if by chance something is stated wrong, if by chance an incorrect, unjustified verdict, let's put it that way, is put forth, a verdict that does not translate into justice, based on what we saw off of the initial killing of George Floyd, if that verdict ain't what they want to hear, wherever they are, can you imagine how on fire this country's going to be in the summer? Oh. Oh, and by the way, I'm not one of these I told you show uh, type of guys, but I did say watch out for Baylor. I think Baylor is going to go ahead and take Gonzaga, and I'll tell you why. Because Gonzaga is a finesse team. Baylor is a muscle team that has finesse, all right? Gonzaga is a finesse team that has no muscle. You look at the size of those dudes on the Baylor squad versus the size of the guys on the Gonzaga squad. Yeah, beautiful on the finesse. Unfortunately, the finesse was not working for Gonzaga. And a lot of people say, you know, maybe they left it out on the floor against UCLA because that was a phenomenal game. But anyway, congratulations, Baylor Bears. My daughter lives out that way. And uh, very happy for you. Texas. That's where Baylor is. Waco, Texas. My, do you remember Waco when they had that uh, cult, cult, just gun battle between and fire battle between the government and the cult? Sheesh, Waco. All right. I always like to uh, close off the first set, and we got a nice show coming your way. Zippity doodah. Zippity a. Mark Kaysen going to be here in a little bit. He'll talk uh, various things on the political side. And then. I got a smash daily retrospective on James Brown and his association with the aftermath of the killing of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That happened on the 4th of April. Ah, that was, I remember being alive at that time. Well, I've been still alive. Man, that was just something. That was just something. That was just something. And then there was a big rally in Indianapolis. That's where I was growing up. I was going to Short Ridge High School at the time. And we went, me and three, four of my buddies, three, four white guys, white kids, in the middle of this humongous black crowd. But we went to see Bobby Kennedy speak that particular night in the parking lot of one of the schools. And we went there, and Bobby Kennedy didn't do nothing but come on up there and say, listen, And he ran a little spiel, whatever you want to call it. And then he said, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. has been assassinated. Whoa, the crowd went. And the chills, man, I got the chills on my arms right now. The goosebumps, as they were once called. I don't know what they're called nowadays. But we got goosebumps then. Two reasons. Number one, that was horrible news. And number two, here's three, four white kids. And we're surrounded by black folks who are, all of a sudden, emotional on the distraught side and possibly emotional on the violent side. And honestly, we thought we were going to get our asses kicked, but we didn't. Everybody remained calm and cool. Bobby Kennedy just kept the crowd, uh, you know, level. It was something to see, man. I'll never forget. But um, anyway, uh, 
tribute to the way James Brown handled his thing. He ran into all kinds of controversy afterwards because the night after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed, James Brown said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to put on my concert in Boston. A lot of people thought nobody puts on a show after something that's tragic. We'll deal with that coming up a little bit later. Like I said, Mark Kaysen coming on up here. He's the professor. We'll talk some politics with him. He leans to the left. That don't make him bad people in 1981. This, from one of my favorite bands of all time, hope you dig it too. This, the number one album and the number one song in America, the title track, Rockin' the Paradise. It's the sticks. Tonight will make history As sure as can fly And I'll take any risk To tie back the hands of time And stay with you here
sticks right here. Smash right here. Smash daily. It is 107.1 FM, the big Z. I tell you what, I remember doing gigs with those guys. Uh, I've known them a long time. Uh, I used to play in uh, a band called Roadmaster. We were masters of the road. And we would play up in Chicago. There's two main places all the rock bands would play, at least those who had some stature to them, let me put it that way. One was a place called Rush Up, right there on Rush Street. And then around the corner was a place called Mothers. And those are the two places you play. Now, third place came up a little bit later on when Danny Serafine, who was a drummer for the band Chicago, opened up his own place out in Schaumburg. And then we all traveled to Schaumburg and played out that way, too. But boy, boy, boy. These guys originally were called, I, I think, something like the Four Winds, the Trade Winds, something like that. Tommy Shaw, that was Dennis DeYoung singing there. Uh, Tommy Shaw, he used to play in a band called M.S. Funk. And there's some white boys rocking, playing funk music and all that kind of stuff. And I tell you, well, well I was hated about him, all right? And I, I can say now that the jealousy is, is over. But Tommy Shaw, man, he was this cute, little, short, little, hard-rocking, cutie-pie of a guy. And he had all the women. The anger could only exude from us in our music. But that guy had all girls. Anyway, fantastic, magnificent song. Number one album, as it did come out on uh, this particular week in 1981. Rocking the Paradise right there. Mark Kaysen, The Professor, coming up next. Smash Daily. Because I am where you's at. On 1071 The Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. You building something here in this area? Everybody knows Fisher Lumber. F-I-S-C-H-E-R, Fisher Lumber, on the dot-com. Fisher Lumber, celebrating now, as of March, 80 years serving the River Bend. Same spot. They started with one portion of the land and now own about five, six blocks wide, right across from the fire station. Got everything you need as far as your building is concerned. I know with the weather changing up like it is now for the good, thank you, Lord. Well, you need to change up and get up off of that thing. And get yourself building what you're supposed to be building anyhow. But now the weather gives you the opportunity to go on outdoors and do that sawing so you don't get dust all in the house, sawdust and all that stuff. They got the blades you need for that, uh, for that sawing machine thing of yours. They got a straight-up cross-cut saw if you need it. Everything you need for cutting, hammering, putting together is right there. If you're a DIYer. At one point in time, they were called do-it-yourselfers, but now you try to get hip because television makes you say everything in initial form. So DIYer, if that's you, you're doing the DIY, do-it-yourself. DIY, everything DIYing is waiting for you over there. So stop your whining and get to DIYing, all right? If you're one of these big contractor types that got everything there, they've been doing 80 Years serving the river bend. It all starts with you going to Fisher, F I S C H E R, FisherLumber.com. Dig the smash. Anywhere, anywhere. anywhere. The Smash Daily Podcast. SmashDaily.com. I will say this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is the big, and I mean, this is big, and this is going to be the only one of its kind in at least the spring season. The 2021 Builders Home Show at the St. Charles. Convention Center, once again, WBGZ, Smash Daily, get to kick it off for you. So I'm broadcasting live there this coming Friday, 
4 to 6 o'clock. Come on out and say hi. Come on out and check out definitely everything you might need for your home building as far as that is concerned on that side of the river. Come on with your bad self. And by the way, election, they close them all up, the polls, at 7 o'clock. 8 o'clock, you got complete coverage right here on WBGZ. Let's go to the professor. He leans to the left, but that don't make him bad people. big song when that came out john lennon yoko ono and the i can't remember maybe mark remembers her the pink elephant yoko ono band you remember who uh was backing them up on that uh, professor oh that's way out of my area <laughs> okay way that's out a, of my area the, the only thing i'm thinking about is i'm gonna do i got some building to do i need to get some lumber from you guys yes and uh, the only thing I need to do is take off my suit from the St. Louis Suit Company in Clayton so I can get all that lumber yeah. and start working. Yeah, but you know what? If you really want to do it right, you get with the folks at St. Louis Suit Company. They're in Clayton. And you tell them, I got a project I'm going to be working on. I'm going to be, I'm going to be sweating. Can you do something for me? They make you the first ever all terry cloth suit. How do you feel about that? Well, I'll have to discuss that with uh, somebody again. At a different level than I'm at. Okay, fine. So, where you want to start, man? I mean, I guess we yeah. start on the uh, start on the George Floyd side. Now they got uh, everybody going in, and uh, well, I just had the police chief on uh, a little bit ago. A clip of him saying that what uh, happened to Mr. Floyd was totally against uh, the policy of the Minneapolis Police Department. That the policemen are not. <sighs> instructed not taught to put the knee on the neck to subdue a guy that they're trying to hold in place what do you take to that well and they're saying it's it's beyond that they're saying it's it's not consistent with the values of the the police department and and and, i mean they've covered it from every direction possible Mm -hmm. if if this guy is not found guilty, I think everybody's going to go nuts. I think the country's going to burn this summer, man, because it burned when he died, all right? And so that was one level of non-justice. If this comes, a not guilty verdict or a not strong enough level of justice verdict, Somebody's going to tell somebody it's time to start writing, and that's what they're going to do, man. That's just my prognostication as a great Smashtradamus predictor of the future. What you think, you are the professor. Well, no, I think you're right that the the, the reaction would be horrible, but I I also think that it's just not even going to happen. I think that that this guy is going to be found flat out guilty. Yeah, exactly right. Let me ask you, let me slide on over to this uh, Gates situation, all right? I'm going to play you a couple of clips. Sure. They both go uh, about a minute and a half, two minutes. Here's the first one and your response on the backside, and then I'll go to the second clip. Here we go. And this is talking about Gates, CNN, going with a young lady, Maloney Zanana, I believe is her last name there. I don't even know what her first name is, but it looks like that. And she's from Politico. Politico. Here we go. 
To me, it looks like he's following the Donald Trump playbook when it comes to scandals. I mean, he's absolutely defiant. He is trying to muddy the waters by saying he's the victim of an extortion scheme and that he brought up this FBI probe, which is completely you know, unrelated or separate to the DOJ probe, I should say. And he's throwing out these red herrings, trying to blame the media, the Cheney political dynasty, the swamp, the Merrick Garland Justice Department, which, mind you, this investigation started under Bill Barr. Right. Uh, and then finally, he's trying to make himself into a victim, right, comparing himself to Justice Kavanaugh when the GOP largely was on Kavanaugh's side in that instance. Um, but it's clear to me what he's trying to do is win in the court of public opinion. Um, you know, but obviously if he ends up getting indicted, it's not really going to matter what the public thinks or what his colleagues think, because he'll probably have a lot bigger problems to deal with. Well, you know, when you think about this whole deal, I am amazed, but at the same time, I, I totally get it where they got to bring Trump into everything, these leftist people here. And the first thing she talked about was, well, you know, he's taking the uh, Trump strategy. It's kind of like leave Trump alone and deal with these guys like this. But they're worried that Trump's going to come back and have the Trump vengeance, which they are all foreseeing for 2000 and what, 24, whenever the next uh, election is. If he's following the Donald Trump playbook. Yeah. Well, I think he's going to end up exactly where Donald Trump's oh, going to end up. A good point. I mean, everybody but everybody knows she got this guy is it. in serious trouble. Yeah, right. But wait a minute. Before we even go on, I got one more clip here. And tell me after you hear this guy as okay. to whether you think that Gates is in serious trouble because this is a member of the military. The former director of military affairs for Congressman Matt Gates. Uh, last Wednesday afternoon, two members of the FBI uh, came to my house unannounced uh, to question me about allegations uh, surrounding Congressman Gates. Uh, they told me that members of the media reached out to them, asserting that I had previous knowledge of Congressman Gates' involvement in illegal activities. Uh, they asserted that because of that knowledge, I uh, resigned my position as the Director of Military Affairs. I'm here this morning to state that nothing could be further from the truth. Um, neither I nor any other member of Congressman Gates' staff had any knowledge of illegal activities. I've known the Congressman for over six years when he was a state rep in the Florida House. I worked with him for four years as his Director of Military Affairs. Everybody here in Northwest Florida and the defense community knows that I had a planned departure. I left to uh, continue supporting the military mission in a private capacity, helping to align the Department of Defense, defense industry and academia for workforce development here in the Panhandle. Um, this baseless claim uh, against me leaves me further convinced that the allegations against Congressman Gates are likewise fabricated and merely an attempt to discredit a very vocal conservative. Well, what evidence have you seen so far, sir? Uh, I'm not here to provide any degree of evidence uh, uh, in support of Congressman Gates, only to discredit these baseless allegations. Well, that's the reason. I'm so there's no evidence, but I want to tell you these guys are yeah. lying over here. Right. <laughs> Unbelievable. And who? What congressman has a director of the military working for? I don't get that. Well, look, everybody has the right to due process. So sure. we're going to find out if there are, are, are indictments that come down. Yeah. And if they do, then we're going to see this in a courtroom. But honestly, I think that everybody that, that, 
that has any knowledge of how the, the prosecutorial system works thinks that this guy is in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing, what I, I think about this. You tell me, you're the professor. Mark Kaysen is the young man's name. And, Professor, I'm saying that this is a tit-for-tat type of thing. All right? So the Republicans went after Cuomo and burnt him pretty badly image-wise. The liberals are now going after this guy who's about as close to Trump as you can get, and yet at the same time an up-and-comer of sorts, although he don't look the part to me, but he's an up-and-comer of sorts. So we got to burn this guy because you guys burned us on our guy, Cuomo. And now we can't let Cuomo run because Cuomo's got all these girls who are saying that, and now this guy has got his 17-year-old girlfriend and some other girls that he paid to have sex with. It's like, when does this stuff stop, and when did it start? Really, you and I are about the same age group, I, although I don't say this in the wrong way. I'm a little more mature than you are. But I would say, <laughs> I, I wonder, when did this all start? When I was a kid and first started watching debates and politics and politicians, I don't remember this kind of stuff. I, I think, what, could it be Kennedy with uh, his, quote-unquote, hidden mistresses of the White House? Started all this uh, sex scandal stuff when it comes to the politicals? First of all, the sexual revolution, which was our our time of growing up. Yes. I mean, that's you know when all that went on. Yeah, it, it it made it okay for people to do things that they hadn't done in the past. But yeah. what's not okay is abusing women. That's right. And and in the case of Cuomo. There's no question mm-hmm. that he acted inappropriately. I think we all know it. And yeah. he's as much as admitted it. Yeah. And we've seen the pictures uh-huh. of him kissing women and all that. So that's one thing. But that's not illegal. Now, if we want to talk about Gates, he looks like he's in some serious trouble with yeah. this 17-year-old business. That's right. He doesn't have any business being with yeah. a 17-year-old. That's right. And plus, did he transport her? Did he pay for her? Look, we don't know. The man's got due process. We'll find out. But as long as we're talking about it, it doesn't look good. Well, let me say this in closing. I got to jump. But, you know, that free love period that both you and I grew up in, only in separate parts of the world. Let me tell you what, how, how bad that was for me. I had to pay for free love. But that's just me experiencing a little bit of reminiscence. <laughs> no condonance. Okay, I'm out of here. Joke, joke, joke. Anyway. Hey, be good. All right. Be good. Got to be good, man. Hey, uh, uh, you want to talk uh, again tomorrow after we see what the elections uh, bring down, especially over oh, in the yeah. St. Well, Louis? Oh, yeah, we got that. All right. Okay. I'll talk to you You let tomorrow. me know the time. I'll exactly. be here. That's Professor Mark Kaysen right there. James Brown had a very controversial point in time immediately after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated so many years ago on that April 4th. Coming up next. Come on, come on. I left the phone on because it was the same key as was the song. I thought, my man's man. Smash Daily. Here, there, and everywhere. Because I is where you at. Smashdaily.com. April 4th. Shut rings out in the Memphis sky. 
I'll tell you what, it was the night after, um, and people had to make decisions, after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. It's the uh, April 4th referenced in the song by U2 right there, and that was 1968. And uh, I put together a little tribute here because at that particular point in time, James Brown had concerts coming up. And a couple nights after the assassination, as all other concerts were closing around the United States, he decided to keep his Boston concert open, and he caught all kinds of grief from it. But from it came a uh, unifying call that uh, stays true to the present day. This is Boston, 1968. James Brown. Now people are starting to come up on the stage. White policemen are throwing them off the stage. Wait a minute. Move off. I'll be all right. I'll be fine. Telling the cops. Telling the cops. I'm all right. They know I'm all right. Telling the cops. You want to dance? He's telling the cops. Now he's going to talk to the crowd up on stage. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me finish the show. Wait a minute, let me finish the show for everybody else, all right? Okay, let me finish the show for everybody else now. Okay. Hold on, let me finish the show now. Come on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wait a minute, now we got a show that we're young men and young ladies. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait! Now wait a minute. Wait, wait. Ladies and gentlemen, wait a minute. Ladies and gentlemen. Can I please have your attention? Wait a minute. Wait, wait. This is no way. We are black. We are black. Now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can't y'all go back down and let's do the show together? We're black. Don't make us all look bad. Let me finish doing the show. Come off the stage. Sit down there. Sit down there. Bill Jones. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, son. Wait a minute. Now, why, why are you up here? Do you want to see the show? Yeah. Well, why don't you go downstairs and let me do the show? No, that's wrong. No. No. No, that's wrong. Are you making me... You're not being fair to yourself and me, either. You're not being fair to yourself and me, ever, or your race. Now, I asked the police to step back because I figured I could get some respect for my own people. That makes sense. And all we're together, we Hit the thing, man.
James Brown's I'm Black and I'm Proud was, it was an affirmation of self-respect. And it was a challenge to others to respect themselves and to respect him. Brother, we can't wait until we get our shit. Everybody was trying to think of what to say about Martin Luther King getting shot, about the situation in America, the civil rights movement. Everybody just wanted to know how to capsulize it. And so when James Brown said, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, that said it. That's it. So when he said it, everybody hollered back, I'm black and I'm proud. The words were magical. I mean, that was the ultimate emancipation. Every crisis is an opportunity, and he's one of the few people that took the crisis of 1968 and turned it into an opportunity to really help a generation of people. Smash Daily on 1071 The Big Z.